0: What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're going to break down UFC 291, Poirier versus Gaethje 2 for the BMF. And as always, go down, like, subscribe, make your picks, talk your bets, everything down in the comments. And as always, these are your hosts for the show. I'm Paul Pick picklewin Contra, and I'm always joined with...
1: You already know, man, but if you didn't mind again, I don't never mind telling you again that it's your boy Kev Waterboy Savoy, a.k.a. the Don P-Y-E. Always known as the realest on your screen. And pow, we about to talk UFC 291. We talking Dustin versus Justin. Oh, this is the baddest motherfucking card of the year. Baddest BMF title on the motherfucking line. And before we get into any fights, any anything, how do you feel about the BMF title? question mark uh i don't
0: know i kind of have mixed feelings on it because like if the right people fight for it i enjoy it if it really is like something like that but i don't i don't want to see this being a belt that gets defended i don't want to see this belt holding no fucking weight i don't want to hear nothing but Daniel White, you know, you somehow find I don't know, like do they even get pay per view points on this if they become champ oh. if they
1: win? Like
0: <laughs> this is just imaginary at this point then. But I if think- it gives me fights that will be wars, and I enjoy the fights that come with the BMF belt, I think it, it will grow on me.
1: Oh, um, I respect it. I think this is a pretty good. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's fun. I think it's something to do instead of having the title fight when you run long title fights. It was nice. I think it's not that big a deal, know I just think I think it's interesting because I feel like if Justin wins it, it's gonna be like Justin is the same guy that won the interim title and didn't put it around his waist. said, now nah, I just wait for the real one. Like so, really like I, he is. I fuck with Justin. Yeah, I thought I doubt that Justin will be running around with the BMF title, but your boy. Justin on the other hand, I oh, don't know. What do you think he'd do if you wanted to be a mf title? But he would put that shit in some type of clothing line. He wouldn't wear
0: it because I don't think he's that much of a douche, bro. I don't think he's that bad. <laughs> a but I can see his ass talking about, bro, don't be calling me on the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Don't you know? Like he was, I have a feeling that's gonna be if he wins this that'd be put into his vocabulary quite often. He's going to come back on like all press conferences.
1: oh He's going to act like he won King of the Ring or something.
0: Yeah, right. Like he, he didn't act like he's the UFC one winner. Like he just went through a tournament in the same day type shit.
1: Nah, that's fucking hilarious. But yeah, this. I mean, it goes either way for me. I think I just hope that you don't run around flexing it too much. But it is always fun to bring it out, and they put the right person, people fighting. It's always cool.
0: And it but can't no, go no. as bad as the first one. They got ended on like a doctor stoppage, fucking shit. Like because I, I think it was the eye poke or some shit. Mm, that wasn't that wasn't the B M F of them. Yeah, like this was be the baddest motherfucker. Of war, and this is how we crowning the the winner. So it can't be as bad as that. But that's what I'm saying. If you can get, if you can make up for it and give me a fight of the year candidate, and give me maybe another fight of the year candidate if you do it again, it'll grow on me. At that point, it would be not. You probably aren't the bad motherfucker, but like you're making wars happen, and I fuck with it. Yeah, that should go crazy. Well, I'm gonna crack open this cold one though. And we can start talking to uh, the picks here. This shit is stacked. I mean, to the brim. Yeah, Miranda Maverick opening the card and shit. Like, kind of crazy.
1: Nah, you got Derek Lewis on the prelims. Yeah, you you know, this dude I he literally headlines his last fucking fight.
0: Yeah, hey bro, we got some fighters on some losing streaks. So Derek Lewis and Tony Ferguson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we had a bad year for these two, bro. Bad couple yeah. years. Yeah, top two worst years last year. But what right about get my dog Bonfu? My boy Bonfim on the cards. You know how you know you think he's gonna avenge that loss from his brother?
0: Yeah, this was the bomb that everyone was saying is the real from. Like since day one, like the other bonfam was good, but this one's great type shit. So I think he definitely should come out with a bang. All uh, right, but shit, we can just jump right into Derek Lewis. First off, on the prelims, so I think someone somewhere said like he's had 15 main event slash co-main event fights in his career, and this be only like his fifth prelim fight. So like that boy Derek Lewis. Definitely doing it right. Just hasn't been winning.
1: Yeah, he definitely made himself a draw. He definitely beat. I think he has the most knockouts in heavyweight history for sure, but I don't know if it's in all UFC history. has a lot of fucking knockouts. So, and he knows that he literally coined the term that BJJ isn't real, just stand up. Right. <laughs> no. That shit is crazy. So Derek Lewis fighting on the prelim show. You. you might have slipped a little bit, but I just showed you how deep this fucking card is. But before we talk, Derek Lewis, that boy Jake Matthews on the low, man. I'm just saying, what is he ten and ten and six? But I remember watching him fight, so I don't know. I I might keep an eye on that fight. But Derek Lewis, who the fuck is Marcos Rogério De Limpa? He a legend. He's been fighting
0: for a minute. Uh, fucking, they're both thirty eight, which is kind of crazy because yes, Derek Lewis is old and on decline, but Marcos has been fucking around forever. Like, like for, I was shocked to find out they're the same age, but let me see. I know, yeah, he's been on a nice little win streak. Like, out before twenty twenty, he was like eight and five or some shit. But since twenty twenty, he's four and one, and his one loss was an amateur decision loss to Blackboy, the goat. But he knocked out, or I think he knocked out, but I know he beat Ben Rothwell. So. He has that. Who else? He beat someone else. I got to pull his profile because I know he had another good win. Oh, Andre Oloski, the other like UFC vet. Derek Lewis is the underdog here. This is going to be the fight that really tells me, is Derek Lewis still around or is Derek Lewis kind of okay with kind of being bottom bottom tier now? I don't know. Like, is this still Derek Lewis is still going to show up? And if you're not top 15, top 10 talent, he's going to blow you away. Because he really has only lost to hitters. Like, even though he's on the losing streak, it is to hitters. So, I'm rocking with Derek Lewis, especially as an underdog here. I think I think he gets it done. We see a nice, old, vintage KO with my
1: guy. Yeah, I can root for Derek Lewis. Let's see if lowering the competition, taking the headline out makes it a fight. But if he gets fucked up and demolished like he's lost his two fights in, like, what, less than a minute? Oh, he's cooked.
0: Yeah. Well, who but who knocked him out under a minute? It was um Sergey Pavlovich, who is right yeah. now, like one B division to John Jones. All right. But we'll see. He got right his wrongs. Hopefully, I'm be rooting for Derek Lewis. Next fight, the Bonfin brother himself, Gabriel Bonfin, minus three twenty five, going up against Trevin Giles, who. It's a big underdog, but we can't sleep on him. I'm trying to pull up his record because I know he has a. Uh, he's newer to the UFC. He had he got knocked out by Trigas Duplexes, who we just see knock out Robert Whitaker. He got knocked out by Morales in the first round, who is not a bad loss, but he has wins over Roman DeLozzi, who is seems to be everyone's favorite welterweight right now. He got wins. He's coming off two win streak, and. He's beat Ryan Spann. He's being Antonio Brago Neto. He got he. Only thing he sucks at really is his like he he can get submitted. Like Gerard Muirshardh submitted his ass. He was a great BJJ fighter, but he gets taken to the mat by Bonfam, who can box,
1: but he's he's known for his BJJ. Man, I can't wait to see Bonfam fight because I didn't get to see enough of the Bonfum in the last fight. So I'm gonna see what the big dog, the big. This is the big brother or his little this brother. This is big brother. Yeah, I got to see what the big brother talking about.
0: Boxing so crisp, like he's honestly, I think he's one of them real welterweight prospects. Like, you got Ian Gary, you got Gabriel Bonfum, Shakhov, Rock I don't think if we consider a prospect anymore, but like he is super complete, like the real deal package, and I think we see him. Not only is he going to light him up and hurt him on the feet, I think we see him hurt him on the feet and then hit the mat with him and then just submit him. And it really just showed like complete dominance on both sides. Hell yeah. And then one of my favorite fights of the night, that boy, Kevin Holland, taking on Michael Chiesa. Holland coming off the win against Santiago Poncebo, which we saw live.
1: No, I was a knockout win in the third round.
0: Knockout win. And then Michael Chiesa, I don't think he's fallen, like, over a year. He'd be in the booth. His has be in the booth commentating the shit. Yeah, last time we seen him fight was, was Sean Brady in 2021. But Sean Brady just fucking mauled him. Just completely wrestled, mauled him. And Michael Chiesa, great BJJ fighter. He's older. You do not want to hit the mat with him unless you're a great offensive wrestler, which Kevin Holland is not. So it should be interesting. Is Kevin Holland going to be able to do it on the feet? Is Michael Chiesa take him to the mat, hit him with some BJJ? Not saying Kevin Holland isn't that good at BJJ. just Chiesa, there's levels to it, and Chiesa is the superior on the mat. So this, that's why this this fight's so interesting, and that's why this fight's a pick-em. 150 plus 125, even though Chiesa hasn't fought in like
1: two years. Nah, that's interesting. I mean, Kevin Holland is big mouth, big dog. Can't wait to see him at the weigh talking to shit. I've seen him watch the press conferences. Let him see, see how you know, he feels about the B.M.F. title because I know he wanted to fight Jorge next. But oh man, what if Kevin Allen wins this fight? What could what happens next? Is he like on the verge of getting the rank? I think he gets the rank because uh, Pierre
0: like. His two, his last two fights are losses, but it's to Vince Vince Luque in twenty twenty one when Luque was on the like a twelve fight win streak, and his other loss is to um Sean Brady, who also was undefeated at the time and then at, like at the peak, two great wrestlers that can take it to the mat, not wrestlers but Luque great BJJ got the submission, but Chiesa was looking good in that fight. I know it was only one round, but he still looked good early on. So like. I want to say Holland wins, and he's the the, the younger fighter. He's the bigger guy because he used to fight at middleweight. Oh, now he's twenty pounds lighter. But I I don't know. I feel weird. I feel like Chiesa really might submit him. I feel like Chiesa is gonna like. I don't know how much Holland's really take because Holland was willing to fight someone, uh, JDM, and then Chiesa like. I don't know how much Holland's really respected Chiesa, who hasn't fought in a year and a half. And I think Chiesa could – a lot of people aren't. I, I think Chiesa could really come out and shock some
1: people here. Still got it. He could. He could. He could. But I don't know, man. I think that's all a ploy. Kevin Holland said, I want to be acting, I want to fuck some shit up. So he, if he came through and did the right training camp for it, he should win this. Maybe not handsomely or convincingly, but he can win a close fight. And never, and then both of their stocks would rise, in my opinion.
0: I think Holland is gonna look good on the feet. I think Chiesa eventually takes it to the mat, and it's it's either Holland by decision or Chiesa by sub. But I'm gonna go Chiesa. Uh, I think Chiesa gets the submission here. I don't have a lot of underdogs in this card, so I'm gonna rock with him. Next fight: Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. Last time we saw Bobby Green, it was a no contest due to like the headbutt, but here he is now fighting Tony Ferguson who is 0-5 in his last five fights. Do you think Tony for Ferguson is a massive underdog, plus 300? Do you think Tony Ferguson gets the ship steered back in the right direction? Or do you think Bobby Green, who's a massive favorite, I don't think I've ever seen Bobby Green this big of a favorite, minus 400 against Tony? How do you see That's that?
1: fucking crazy. Because I was about to say, this would be the nice... Week for motherfucking Tony to come back, bounce back. But I think sometimes when you lose it, it's just time to go, man. And that's, I think, where Tony's stuck at the moment. Because, boy, Bobby Green's going to come through, he's going to kill him with it. Is he, he he got kickboxing, or is he a BJJ guy? Bobby's straight boxing. Oh, straight boxing. But oh, he's a
0: weird God. boxer. He got his hands to the, like, he keeps his hands down and he does the shoulder roll. He just be rolling his shoulders to block punches, but he doesn't keep his hands up.
1: That takes a whole different level of concentration.
0: Bobby Green was the one that, you remember he came in with the 50K, 50 stacks, and he was talking shit about how much money he has, and then he got the no contest so he didn't get paid for that fight. <laughs> Jared yep. Gordon. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, he's going to get the payday here. I'm honestly, bro, I got money on Tony Ferguson at plus 320 odds right now. Like, He's lost to nothing but the hitters. Like, yes, he lost to Nate Diaz, but he was looking good against Nate Diaz before that. Yes, he lost to Michael Chandler in what arguably could be the hardest front kick ever thrown in human history. But if people don't forget, like, the first round, he knocked down Michael Chandler. Like, there was a moment where we thought Tony was back. Bobby Green being this big of a favorite is just even if Tony doesn't win, there is no reason Bobby Green should be a minus 400 favorite against Tony. Like the caliber of opponents is two different levels. And I got Tony Ferguson money line, and I might might do a Derrick Lewis, Tony Ferguson parlay, two underdogs. Like that's gonna be mad. That's probably gonna be like plus 800, plus 600 odds. Then let's see. So we're both rocking Tony, Elka Cool. Boy, how do I say his nickname? Next fight Wonder Boy Steven Thompson is taking on Michelle Piera, who our boy Knuckles from Bourbon and Bud, MMA podcast got the meet at UFC. Uh, what was it? UFC Kansas City? But yeah, that, he's a yeah, plus 125 underdog to Wonder Boy, minus 150. It's a pick him, it's right down the middle right now.
1: I mean, I'm a Wonderboy fanatic. That's crazy. The fact that he's um he he's, he uses that karate base and he makes it just look so smooth, fast hands, and he knows how to move and not telegraph shit too crazy. Oh man, you gotta fuck with you know, with, with Wonder Boy. But I feel like you're a Michael Pierre ass motherfucker. I like
0: Michael Pierre, but he's on like a five, six fight win streak and all. Oh, great okay. wrestler! Like I don't want to say, great wrestler, but good wrestler. Usually, the bigger guy gets on top, does some damage. Is okay on the stand up. He's not like he, he's not like he's bad on a stand up, but he can box. But he, he's more of this like a imposes will kind of wrestler kind of guy. I don't know if his wrestling is at the same or like ground game is the same level as Gilbert Burns and Baleel Muhammad. Are the only two people to beat Wonder Boy in the last couple of years? Wonder Boy looked like he turned the clock back when he fought Kevin Holland. And I just think his footwork is so, so good that it makes you take shots from too far out. And then that's when he catches you with the height, the head kicks, the knee. Like the, his footwork gets him out of those tricky situations. And unless you're a really good wrestler that can maul him, like Abilio Muhammad did, I don't think you can really take him down with just average. To good wrestling, like he's gone to the point where his takedown defense is really good, and he uses his footwork helps with that um, case. I really like Steven Wonderboy here. Money line minus one fifty. Like it's a take. I like I like him. as like take him straight up. You can add
1: him to a parlay even. But I like Wonderboy here a lot. I like Wonderboy for sure too, and I like him about the decision of the three round fight. Yeah,
0: I think it's a, because Peter could take some shots. So, like, I am definitely would ride a Wonderboy decision. But I wouldn't be shocked also if he, one of them, he shoots a little far out, hands down, head kick, and we see some, like, Wonderboy highlight real KO.
1: That'd be tragic. Head kick dead.
0: Mm. Then we got the co-main event here. Got a lot of speculation. Will it be a title fight? Will something be on the line? Sorry to burst some bubbles, but nope. It's just a three-round fight. Jan Blachowicz, the Polish power, taking Alex Poulton, Hiera, Brazilian power, as some people are calling him right now. First fight at the weight class, light heavyweight, and he's going up against the former champion, and, like, they're just throwing him right into the woods. People are not a title fight, but still, like, the next best thing you could get, probably, Jan Blachowicz, so. This is really a fun fight to pick because you can really dissect it like from both sides. Like, I don't know how, how this fight will go.
1: I mean, this fight is about to be lit. And I think Jan is gonna try to take Alex down. And I feel like Alex needs to have been working takedown defense since after the last Izzy fight, the first Izzy fight. I don't know what he needs to have been doing, but if he can neutralize those submissions, especially early since it's only a three-round fight. Oh, yeah, he can get he can lay that left hook on him, and then every third round he goes berserk. So, if they make it to the third round, Alex might really let them things go for real. I don't know, man. Some
0: points I want to bring up, I want to hear your opinion on it. First one is we this is Potan's first fight at light heavyweight, but half of the battle fighting at middleweight was the weight cut, wasn't it? Like, we were seeing him in the fucking tense, like, dying and everything. Everyone says you cut that much weight, your chin goes also, just because of this side effect of it. So, we might see a a better chin, but also, like, I'm not too sure on that, but, like, we might see him in a more healthy weight, doesn't have to worry about the weight cut, he can train more, he can work more. But then the other point I'm going to make is at, what is he 38 years old 36 years old and the last time we seen him fight he got knocked out bad and like your chin doesn't get better with age and if your chin only gets worse after the first time it gets cracked like that so like him going from middleweight israel asani who he literally knocked him out he didn't know who he was for a second type of ko at six years old going up a weight class with these people will hit harder probably not as precise but if they connect it will be harder those are the two points i wanted to bring up is the weight cut probably will help him i think he doesn't have to worry about it as much but then we got the other side effect of is his chin still going to be valuable especially at a bigger weight class
1: so for me i asked that question what has happened in the past like you've seen um if it wasn't for the fact that he was a two a two um division champ over there in kickboxing and he was cutting so much weight because even he's gonna end up even still looking big for two fucking for two oh five. So I feel like he's coming ready for the test. Now his only thing is defense. Can he stop that? Can he take those punches? Can he move and can he get the fight done early? Cause I got him by pull time by knockdown in the second round. This is a five
0: round fight. I I would lean heavily on Jan because at the fourth and fifth, he might lose the first two rounds, type shit. But that like fourth, fifth round, I think he'll have the cardio to still wrestle and dominate those rounds. Three round fight makes it a lot more interesting. I'm going with Jan here. I got Jan Blachowitz, even at 40 years old, welcoming him into the division. Do I think he knocks him out? No, but I think his shots when they land are going to do a little bit more power. And I just think back on the Meglomed and Kalia fight. That fight, yes, Megalomed probably should have won three two, but it was still a close fight. So we've seen how Jan did against somebody who's a very good, tactical striker in Megalomed, but who also has the background of like Sambo, so he can so his takedown defense is a lot better. And Jan still was able to take him down and. Even Pierre can get back up. He's work working with Glover. Maybe he's working on submission skills off his back. Who knows? I just think this is gonna be a tough first fight at 205. Like it's just I think if you would have fought somebody else, probably have a better chance. Against Jan, I think I think he's just gonna be too big, too strong. And we'll eventually see hit the mat. him dominate, him doing damage from the top, or him just landing some hard shots that crack doesn't have to be the most pretty punch, but he lands one, I think it'll crack.
1: That overhand right is going to kill you every time with that left hook? Every time. So, yeah, I got Poetown, man. Poetown's about to fuck some shit up. And then, then you got to give him the next title shot against Yuri.
0: I think he's going to be yawning. Yawning's going to throw the monkey wrench and
1: everything. That's just going to fuck everything up.
0: It will. It's going to fuck a lot up. Then... The battle, of the ages, the battle, of the trailer parks. <clears throat> Dustin versus Justin, Poirier versus Gacy. This is the rematch for the BMF belt here. I mean, fight of the year when it went down. I don't. I don't. It's hard to live up to that first fight, but if it's anything like the first fight, we are fucking in for a war.
1: I was about to go crazy see i mean i think the difference between this fight and the last fight is that justin's gonna come calculated he's gonna come with a game plan he's gonna come smooth versus wanting to go out there and fade your ass because he knows because i think they both know the winner of this fucking fight is gonna most likely get a title shot and that's kind of the last chance last crack pretty much because like there's a lot of hungry hungry contenders waiting under y'all so this is going to be a good test for Justin Gaethje. Can you stay patient? Can you motherfucking just keep using your jabs, stay slow? If he's on, if he's the best boxer in the NFL, then in the UFC, then make me really, you don't have to really show me type vibes. I think this is going to be a fucking slobber knocker, Paul.
0: Right. So I'm looking at their the records right now. Since their last fight was five years ago, 2018. Since then. Both of them are both six and two. Okay. Both losses for both of them are to Habib and to Oliveira. Both champs. Both I believe were interim champs. I don't know if Dustin was interim champ, but I believe he was. But even if he wasn't, no, no, he was interim champ against uh, because he beat Max Holloway, and then I think he got the interim belt to fight Habib. But oh. Yeah. So, both intern champs, both 6-2, both, I mean, of the Night award winners, both have shown why they're the top of their craft. Literally, uh, Dustin Poirier coming off the submission win against Michael Chandler, where honestly, my, I think Michael Chandler was winning, but also facts. learned after the fact Michael Chandler was doing some some iffy stuff in the in-between, so I don't know if it was legal Also facts. And But he's still, I mean, great fighters always find a way to win, as they say. So even down on the cards, got the, he definitely hurt him in the third round and immediately went for the rear naked choke. Justin Gaethje, three-round war, fight, fight of the year contender, Rafael Fatsive, did enough to win. I think on everyone's card, he did enough to win. He looked more polished than ever. We even seen him shoot a takedown and land one against Fasif. We never seen him shoot takedowns since his early career. So, this is it was a pickup when it first happened. I think it was like minus 140 plus 120. Right now, it's minus 150 Poirier plus 125 Gauchy. So, it's still the
1: same odds. Ain't nothing changed but the date. All right, get your picks in now and make sure you got some popcorn ready because you don't want to move for this fight. Dustin versus. Justin, it's going to be a vibe.
0: Someone was pointing out that, like, okay, with Dustin Poirier, he is the better tactical striker for sure. And whereas Gaethje only probably has four or five moves, so he's very simple. Mm -hmm. Even though you call him simple, if all he got is a left hook or overhand right, a left straight, right straight, if his back is to the cage, the with Justin, even though his smooth set so simple, you make one wrong step, one miscalculation, if you zig instead of stagging, he will connect and you are going to sleep. And if you don't go to sleep, you're severely damaged. So, like in the split, even if you know he only do four things, if you zig, don't zag, you getting caught and it's
1: a different fight afterwards. And it's going to be emphatic. But I'm telling you, he's coming patient, man. He's going to let the shots come to him. And hopefully, Dustin gets frustrated. But I got Justin Gaethje all the way, man.
0: I'm riding Justin Gaethje, too. And it's more of like a, a I, I think Poirier is the better fighter, or at least I thought he was. But now I'm rethinking it, I'm like, how much do I really care about those Conor wins at this point? Like, he has – and the, since 2020 – He has a win over Dan Hooker. How much do I really care about that win at this point? He has two wins over Conor McGregor. How much do I care about wins over Conor McGregor in 2021? Lost to Charles Oliveira. Looked good, but still lost. And then got the win over Michael Chandler in a fight that I still think Michael Chandler was winning. He was a seconds away from winning. And they got caught. And Gaethje... I haven't really seen him have a hiccup. I mean, Raphael by C was definitely a, a fun fight and a war, bloody a massacre, whatever you want to call it. But Gaethje won. There wasn't no, I think, no real questions on who won that fight when it was over. Beat the shit out of Michael Chandler. Had a point. I've never seen Michael Chandler scared to throw a punch other than that Gaethje fight. And he's the man that broke Tony Ferguson. Whether or not you want to weigh that now because he's on a five-fight fight, win streak or losing streak, but at that point it was a, it was Tony Ferguson who everyone thought could still beat Habib, so it was a different Tony. So I I I think it's Gaethje. I don't know. I guess I've been in an underdog mood. I think most of my picks on this whole card, other than Wonder Boy, well, yeah, all my picks other than Wonder Boy was uh, oh and Bonfam were underdogs.
1: Oh shit! I boy got the dogs barking.
0: The dogs are seen seem to be barking this episode, this card.
1: Hell yeah. Oh, but I mean shit, Kev, we we broke down the fights. Hey man, I appreciate y'all for coming with us, man. Pull up to the to the biggest trailer park out there in in Utah. Cause this is gonna be a great fucking fight. We got motherfucking Dustin versus Jeez. motherfucking Justin. And if you didn't know, it's been a totally blitz podcast, you dirty mother truckers, and we are gonna keep we we'll keep rolling with you, man. I my name is Kevin Waterboy Savoy. I'm in this bitch with Paul Pickham, Winter Conch, and don't forget to tell the person behind you that he's a be.